Somebody give him praise right there. Ah, God, we exalt your name. You are a great God. And you forever greatly to be praised. Great Jehovah Yahweh, we bless you. If you don't mind, just open up your mouth and begin to bless him. Climb up to the highest mountain. Looked all around, couldn't find nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I went down into the deepest valley. Looked all around, down there, couldn't find nobody. Mm-hmm. I went across the deep blue sea, couldn't find one to. Love is mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you, God. Yahweh, yeah, I said I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still could not find anybody. There's nobody greater. Nobody greater, no. Nobody greater than you. Greater than you. Greater than you. See, I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Still could not find anybody. Yeah, nobody greater. There's nobody greater.
just how much we love him on today oh we trust him to bless us but can he bless can he trust you to bless him hallelujah Jesus the word of God says in Luke the sixth chapter verse 38 it says, give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Very simple text. And a lot of times we take it out of context because he really talking about how much you're going to forgive somebody and how much you're going to show them mercy. But we as ministers of God, we use it for you to pay your tithes and offer. Let's just keep it real. We need you to give according to how God has given to you. He be cheerful in blessing you and answering your prayer. Can he count on you to be cheerful on today and give your tithes and offering? We encourage you to give because it's an advancement to the kingdom of God in this place and Zion Hill is a great place to sow. It's fertile ground. We have the 1925 campaign that will help build the digital center for our youth and if we care about our youth, we're so into them because what you invest in, you love. Amen. We have a lot of upcoming uh, uh, visions that need to be manifest. And in the earth realm, we need money. We need your finances. So, the, so we can keep coming in the door. So the lights can keep coming on. Amen. It's about to get hot and we're going to need a little air condition. So we need you to sow good seed. Yeah, it don't work well with my hot flashes, so that's why I sew. Amen. And it don't work well with your hot flashes either. So we're depending on you as well as God is depending on you to walk in obedience on today. Let's go to God and pray. Father, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you for our bountiful blessings, O oh God. Father, I know I must walk in obedience at this point, Father God. So, Father God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you will humble our hearts, that we'll be receptive to your word, and that we'll walk up right before you and trust you, oh God. Let us trust you even with our finances, Father God. If we be obedient, oh God, you will show us, you will give us much more than the 10th percent, Father. That you'll open up the windows from heaven, oh God, and pour us out a blessing. We won't have room enough to receive. Oh, God, bring every vision to earthly reality, oh, God. Oh, Father God, I pray that not only we sow in financially, but we're going to sow in the spirit, oh, God, that God, people will turn back to you, Father God, and give you glory and, and continue to lift you high for you're worthy to be praised. Father God, bless that person that 
Bless that person that had a desire to give, but don't have it, Father God. Bless that person with that widow's might, oh God, that it'll go far beyond because it was in the attitude in which she gave it. In Jesus' name, amen.
to always remind myself that I'm in the church. That music was so tight this morning. I, I was just rocking myself. Reminds me of those old days. It's good to be delivered. Now we dance for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. But I still got to move now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to nobody. To God be the glory. We are so grateful to all of you being in the house of the Lord. We thank God for your faithfulness. Serving the Lord pays. Thank you for honoring us with your presence. And thank you for honoring God with your presence. We pray that something will be said, something will be done today that will encourage your faith. Let me encourage you to just get up where you are and find somebody to say hello and thank them for being in church. Let them know we love them. Welcome all of our guests, all of our friends and loved ones. What a Everybody and welcome to Zion Hill where we're making our world a better place. 
Just sit back and relax and let's get ready to hear this week's announcements. The Zion Hill Church family cordially invites you to a special three-day family and friends celebration right here at Zion Hill on Friday, March 17th through Sunday, March 19th. We want you to invite all your family and all your friends to this great occasion. We look forward to seeing you there. Hello, Central Louisiana. I am Joshua Joy Dara, and this is my lovely wife, Elizabeth. We want to invite you to our Family and Friends Day events. Mark your calendar on March 17, 18, and 19. Our church family, Zion Hill Church family, will be hosting their Family and Friends Day, and we, we're going to have a time of worship. We're going to have a time of fellowship and much, much fun. Guess what? We consider you as our family. So we want to take the time to invite you, special invitation just for you. We look forward to seeing you there. We have worship service at 8 a.m. that Sunday and also at 10 o'clock. Come when it's convenient for you. We're going to have a great time. See you there. Calling all healthcare workers who are willing to work in the 2023 healthcare ministry. We need you and your expertise here at Zion Hill. If you are interested in being a part of this ministry, please call the church and give us your updated information. We will be contacting you soon. For any additional information, feel free to call the healthcare ministry leader, Sister Samantha Young, at 318 541 6263. If you're tired of just holding a seat and you're ready to serve, our media ministry is actively seeking volunteers to help bring the gospel to everyone wherever they may be by supporting our live streaming, producing and editing videos, videography, distribution, and social media posting. Familiarity with media production and computer literacy is a plus but it's not required. Our media ministry leaders will provide training, support, and supervision. Please prayerfully consider joining this ministry. This is a great opportunity to express your creative skills and evangelize the gospel through the visual arts. Zion Hill, we have a new men's fellowship ministry called Brothers Keeper. If you have questions about the man's role in the family as a head of household, or the man's financial responsibility in the family, this is the ministry for you. Brothers Keeper will meet every second Saturday at 10 a.m. in the Family Life Center. Please contact Brother Lester Tisno, Brother Robert Gates, or Brother Alvin Wells for more information. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. 
You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256 or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right, Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. Thank you for listening to this week's announcements. Let's get our hearts ready to receive the word. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. The Lord. Thank you, choir, and thank you, musicians. It's now time for us to hear the word of God. My assignment this morning is so simple. I like this kind of preaching because it comes natural for me. And basically what I'm going to be doing, hey, that's Julian. (laughs) I'm missing something. Well, praise the Lord. That's our drama, and I don't know how you get to take time off, but the pastor got to show up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Good to see you, sir. Amen. It's good to have a backup. And coach, you're doing a good job, too. Yes, indeed. He's a basketball coach at LCU. But it's good to have multiple talents. We're grateful to all of our musicians. Aren't you all proud of them? Amen. To God be the glory. I went to see my friend at the Pentecostals of Alexandria one day. And bless God is a lady. She hugged me and she. The next thing I know, she went to the drums. I said, huh? What you doing? <laughs> because I'm in my old mind. And, and I tell you, when that sister began to play the drums, I was stunned. I said, I cannot believe this. Where have you been? So it's a good thing to use your gift and your talents for the glory of God. And God has promised if we will lift him up, he'll draw all men. I'm going to pick on you, Sister Rachel, this morning. Uh, Will you please come forward? Uh, Not your husband, Rachel. (laughs) Amen. And what I intend to do, I'm going to ask uh, Miss Boriga to read a scripture for, for us. I don't mind confessing to you. Uh, I did it this morning and I could tell I didn't do a good job. So praise God. I got me a backup today. Yeah. I just hijacked her a few minutes ago. She didn't know this. And I'm going to ask her to read the scripture today. 
And I want you to please follow along because my assignment is to interpret to all of us what that scripture is saying. So open your Bible to the book of Matthew. I forgot the rest of them. It's all yours. All right. Amen. All right. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of God is likened unto a man which sowed good seeds in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field, from whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let, bow, let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, I say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat in my barn. Thank you so much. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Thank you, O God, that you give us a blueprint, a roadmap for life. Holy Spirit, these are your word. I ask that you help me to convey it to your people. I pray, O God, that we will not just be hearers, but doers of your word. At the end of today, I pray that we will be better persons. I pray that you will answer every prayer, that you will meet every need in this house. I thank you for Christian maturity. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you on the subject titled, Lessons from the Parable of the Weeds. The passage we just read to you is titled The Parable of the Weeds. I'm not saying you should smoke weeds. So, but there are some lessons that we can learn from this parable. All minds clear? First of all, I want to summarize what Sister Rachel just read to your hearing. The story, we call it a parable, but it's basically a story. And the story said there was a man. And this man sowed a seed in his field. That seed that he sowed, the Bible lets you know. This is not a guafa, this is not orange, this is not mango. He sowed some wheat. What do you do with wheat? When it grows, you use it to make bread. All right? 
But after he sowed, then the Bible said he went to sleep. But while he was sleeping, somebody else showed up at the same field and sowed something different. And what was sowed differently were weeds. Some Bible will call it tears. And this somebody, you know, it's in the dark, people are sleeping, he ran away. So after a while, the wheat, the real crop began to grow. But guess what else showed up that is growing? Weeds. Mm-hmm. So now some servants came to work on the field. And they discovered they're, they're looking at two different crops now. The wheat and the weeds. So they went back to their, the landowner and they said, wait a minute. Didn't you plant wheat in the field? The, the landowner said, yes, that's what I did. But I said, there's a problem here because we can see something else. We see some weeds there. So the servant asked the owner of the land, say, do you want us to go and pluck, remove all those weeds? The owner said, no, 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 don't touch it now. Let both of them grow together. And there will come a time of harvest. And when harvest comes, then I will tell the harvesters to gather the weeds first. Not to be smoked, but we will bundle them and burn them up. And then we will preserve the wheat. That's the old story in a nutshell. But the Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? So my job is to point out some lessons from that story that we just heard. Ladies and gentlemen, what are the lessons? The first thing I pick up in that story, ladies and gentlemen, is that that wheat must have been planted. You say, so what's the big deal about that? Well, it's a big deal because many people often forget that wheat is not a natural result of climate. Wheat is not a natural result of the soil or the rain or the sunshine. It's good to have all of those. But until you plant that that wheat, nothing will grow. What is my message to you, brothers and sisters? Nobody can succeed accidentally. Are you listening to me? It takes some work. It takes some sweat. This man is believing God to eat bread in the future. But in order to get there, first, 
He have to plant the seed. Nobody wins in life by accident. We just had the Super Bowl. Believe me when I tell you, the winning champion, they didn't win just by chance. They have been putting in time after time after time. We have a basketball coach here on the drums. He will tell you, and I've seen him tell his team, they have to work. They made it to the tournament, Red River Tournament. But that don't come by chance. Sometimes they will get up early in the morning while I'm still sleeping. And they will ask them, give me some push-up. Run back and forth. And sometimes I'm just watching. But what they're doing is that they are sowing sometimes. They're infesting their energy. They are working. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with many Christians, you've become too religious to the point you think if you just pray, things will happen. And yes, it's good to pray. Yes, the Bible says men and women should always pray. But just because you pray, doesn't mean you're going to win. Can you imagine some of my students at the university? They want to be lawyers when they grow up, but you won't, you won't read. You won't study. And you see, I'm just going to pray about it. No, you will never be a lawyer. It don't work that way. So there is something about the principle of work Pastor James, in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 17, says, Faith without work is dead. Many Christians still need to get this simple revelation. I'm amazed how many Christians wake up every morning and do absolutely nothing. And what is so sad is that your children are watching. And psychologically, they pick it up that you don't have to, to really strive in life. All you need to do is just chill. But the Bible encourages everybody to work. You remember in the book of the beginnings, when men messed up, Adam and Eve, one of the punishments is that from now on, you have to work. So I want every one of you embrace a simple revelation that yes, part of my duty here on earth is to work. You can't just wish for it. You have to make it happen. Just look at somebody next to you and say, make it happen. nobody's going to give anything to you for free. You have to purpose it in your mind. If there's one legacy I leave for all my children, they never see me just sitting down. You got to work. 
You got to plant. You got to sow that seed. Learn to work. Learn to labor. Learn to sweat. The Bible says there has to be Paul planting, Apollo watering. Then, not before then, then God will grant the increase. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. The problem where the enemy has tricked Christians, they think if they just shout long enough, and God will just bless them. They are trying to have success without sacrifice. And there is no such thing. If you're going to have success in your Christian life, guess what you need to do? You need to work. You need to make the commitment. You need to make the sacrifice. Tell somebody I got it. The process of seed is work. The process of sowing is work. To make wheat is work. To make bread is work. Everywhere you turn in the word of God, God encourages work. Can I be honest with you? Many pastors will call me and say, tell me the secret. We're all in the same community. What are you doing differently? And I will ask them simple questions. How much time do you spend preparing your sermon? Some of them will tell me, oh, I don't need to prepare for that. I show up and the Lord will give it to me. So, I will ask, how many hours do you invest in the work of the ministry? A simple question. And I'm amazed how many Christians have been tricked by the enemy that God will just do things for you. But the truth be told, if you don't put nothing in, you're not going to get much. You'll get nothing out. The book of St. John, chapter 4, verse 4. One of my friends pulled it up for me yesterday. It says, work while it's day. Why? Because the night cometh. That's why when no man can, can work. So today, you're clothed in your right mind. You don't have no dementia. You got muscles in your leg. You can still move. Your eye is not dim. You can still read. There's blood flowing in your vein. Go to work. Don't let the devil cover you with a spirit of laziness. Many Christians, they're dancing, they're shouting over the promises of God. And thank God the promises of God, the Bible says they are yea and amen. There's no doubt about that. But after you get through dancing, after you get through shouting over the promises of God, guess what God expects you to do? Roll your sleeve. 
go to work. One brother in the Old Testament said this way, Brother Joshua, my name say, he said, we are able to go up and possess the land. God's not going to do that for you. You have to go up and possess the land. You see, in this room, there's so many career potential. So many fields of labor. You have to make up your mind and say, look, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to win and win big. Why will you settle to be good when you are called to be great? The first thing in that parable, that man got up and sold the wheat in his ground. It's very, very important. The wheat must be sold. It must be grounded. It must be crushed before you can eat bread out of it. Tell somebody I got it. There are people who come and say, Pastor, why is it the Lord is not blessing me? I work hard. I try to be right. Where could it be the quality of your work is not good? Everybody is given 24 hours a day. God is a good God. If it's up to me, I won't give some of you 24 hours. Because it will be a waste. But God is not like me. He's a good God. He gave everybody the same amount of hours. People in Africa, 24 hours. People in China, 24 hours. The Americans, 24 hours. South America, everybody got the same thing. Now, that's a good God. But you have to ask yourself the question, how do you spend your own 24 hours? You won't believe this, but your Bible says in Colossians, if a man will not work, that man should not eat. We could save a lot of food. <laughs> Somebody shall work. That's the first thing I pick up from that. The second thing I pick up from that parable is this thing called process. Many, many times we miss this simple revelation. Some of us want to jump. We don't want to wait on God. We want to make this happen quick. But remember, brothers and sisters, there is something called process. I remember a young, young preacher, uh, he, he just asked me, he said, Pastor, uh, I got this information that if you will write me a letter of recommendation, I will get the, the church. I say, I don't even know your church. He said, I met the deacons, and they told me, if somebody of your caliber will write me, by the way, this is the third time somebody said it. One guy was sitting here today, and he told me the same thing. You saw him this morning. He, he got two letters from George Williams, your brother. 
in me. That's how he got the church. See, I said too much. And he made it very clear to me. This is what's going to take. And after he got the, the church, he picked up the phone, called me and said, Pastor, I got the church. And thank God that people can recommend you or give you reference, all of that. But when it's all said and done, you go to work. It's easy to get married. But after you got married. Are you all still here? Ain't nobody shouting now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Another principle is this thing called process. If you notice in that passage, seed is one process. And then sowing is another process. Then wheat growing is another process. Then the making of bread is another process. You cannot rush through life. You have to go through the process. Some of you, the only thing, you think the Lord is not listening to you. You think the Lord is not answering your prayer. But the Lord is simply taking you through the process. Just think about it. Most people that win lottery, in matters of short time, they lose all the money. Why? Because they've got millions of dollars, but they've never been through the process. And they end up losing everything. Somebody shall process. This morning I told my church to just look at somebody next to them and tell that somebody, watch me. Right now you may look at me and you don't see much, but just keep watching. Soon and very soon, I will go through the process and you will see the hand of God. I'll go through the seeding. I'll go through the sowing. I'll go through the wheat. I'll go through the bread. And when you see me consuming my bread, looking good, don't be a player haters. All of us got to be willing to put ourselves on the potter's wheel and say, Lord, I give you permission. Holy Spirit, mold me, shape me. And he may not come when you want him. But if you will hang on, God will always be on time. Tell somebody, watch me. Something is about to happen. Watch me. God is about to heal my body. Watch me. God is about to make a way. Watch me. God is about to open doors. Watch me. I may not be eating good right now. Just keep on watching. I never will forget when I was in college, uh, because I was a foreign student, the only job I could get is on campus, you know. And they only allow you to watch, to, to work 20 hours. And my job is to wash the dishes. 
And the understanding is that every student that will come, when they finish eating, they ought to em empty their, their leftover in the trash and just give me the dirty plates. But many of the students will not do that. They will bring me the dirty plate and with the leftover food. And then instead of just pass the tray to me, they will smash the tray. And then the, the leftover food will smash all over my face. And then they will laugh. <laughs> but in my spirit, I knew I'm in a process. I knew soon and very soon I will own this school. Tell somebody, watch me. Never give up on yourself. This same university in California, I'm now on their board of directors. Are you listening to me? The same place where I was washing dishes. There's something called process. Don't get mad at God. Somebody right now under the sound of my voice, you are in the process. God is able to bring you out. God is able to, to make something beautiful out of you. I feel in my spirit, my soul, my body, a shifting is coming for somebody. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. The next thing you pick up in this parable is that after he worked and sold, and after the wheat get into the process, the next thing he did, he went home and go to sleep. I was sharing with my congregation this morning, I, I, I miss God. Early in my ministry, I was anti-sleep. I used to look at people that sleep as a bunch of lazy people. True story. I believe in hard work. I will work long hours. My children here, they will tell you, if you call any of them, they will say, he doesn't sleep. He's constantly working. Because I just knew hard work is the key to success. Yes. And then I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I, I ran across a gentleman who became best of friend. He's an Indian from India. His name is Ahmed. He owned the biggest hotel in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Till today. And I always admire him. You're a foreigner like me. What is your secret? How do you come here? I know the Bible says we should dominate. I know the Bible says we should multiply. But many Christians, they're reading it, they don't know how. And here comes a foreigner, a Muslim. So I began to, to hang out with him. And he said to me, he said, here's some of my tricks. He said, every day I sleep only four hours. And he said, while Americans are sleeping, I'm making money. I said, I got it. That day, I stopped sleeping 
long. I cut my sleep hours to three or four hours. Another thing he told me, he took me and said, follow me. We went through the rooms of the hotel. He said, meet me in the morning, 7 a.m. I was there before. And he took me through each room. He said, watch me. And he would enter a room and he would pick up a bunch of coins, some paper money, and put it in his bag. And then he would go to the next room and collect. He said, Americans are wasteful. wasteful. They spend the night, but they leave all this money. He said, all I have to come is come behind them and, and pick it up. I said, hmm. After we went through all the five-story building, and then he, he said, count how much money. We collected more than $10,000. We never do anything other than just go room by room and collect. He said, you want to know how I get rich? So I developed this mindset that all I have to do is work hard. I don't have to join any clique. I don't have to kiss up to nobody. I don't have to be a part of any mess. Just work. And I work so hard and don't sleep. But one day I came across a passage in the Bible. Abraham was making an, an offering before God. He killed some lamb and spread it before God. And then after he finished making the sacrifice, then the ravens were coming and they're trying to eat up his sacrifice. What, guess what Abraham began to do? He get a club and he began to try to protect his sacrifice. Don't come here. Don't mess with my stuff. I was sure what God told Abraham. Abraham, 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 what are you doing? Go home and sleep. I was stunned. I could not believe God would say that. Then I got a revelation that day that it's not by might. It's not by power. It takes the spirit of God. Then I realized that you are not made to stay up 24 hours working. Your body needs rest. Notice what this man did. He sowed in the field. That's hard work. But after he finished sowing, he went home and sleep. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Could it be the reason why you become a frequent flyer? to the hospital is because you won't rest. Many of you, the reason why you won't rest is because you're worrying. Issues of life. You're pacing the floor. How am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix that? But the Holy Spirit sent me to tell you, go home and sleep. You need to learn to trust your problem in the hand of God. Will you believe Jesus said, cast not some of your cares. 
That's, that's very profound. All of your cares. I don't care what you're dealing with right now. I don't care what you're worrying about right now. If you will learn to give it to God. Put it in his hand. And go home and sleep. Tell somebody, go to sleep. Another lesson I pick up from this parable. This man didn't just go home to sleep. The Bible teaches us that while he was sleeping, the wheat and the tear was growing on his field. He sowed good seed, but the tear, the weeds, somebody came and messed the ground up. There's a lesson there. Just because you plant good seed in life doesn't mean bad things will never happen to you. What is good seed? Good seed is when you see something good and you do it. Some of you, the only reason why you do good is because you're scared you may be punished. Some of you, the only time you do good is so you can get some reward. You'll be amazed how many people in the church. You ask them, can you, can you help us with this? Well, how much you all going to pay me? The only time they will do any good is because of what they can get out of it. I never will forget. I, I, I have freedom in this church. I thank God for my ministry. We, one, one time... Somebody came and break into our church. True story. And stole the most expensive computer we got in our media room. Oh, I was mad. I was so mad. I, I was so mad. I say some things to God that I have to ask him to forgive me. That's, here you put me here. I'm working my butts off. To make your kingdom come. The least you can do is at least protect what we're doing. I was so upset. I never tell anyone. Then I got a revelation. He said, the people that can help you protect the church are in the church. Have you asked them for help? So I summoned. True story. I asked my secretary, Miss Mitchell. Someone, everybody in law enforcement. Sherry, police, I don't care what city. I was shocked. You won't believe this. Guess how many people showed up at that meeting? 23 people in this church are working law enforcement. I could not believe my eyes. So I told them the same thing I told God. I told them I'm mad. I told them I'm very upset. I told them, how are you going to be a police officer in my church? And people are stealing from the same church. So I, I, I require of them to start a ministry to secure all this facility. And I never will forget. All of them said, we will do it except one person. That person is still struggling today. True story. He told me, I'm not going to help you. He said, I work for other churches. 
Yes, I'm a law enforcement. I go to other churches. They pay me $35 per hour to secure their property, to secure their computer, whatever you're trying to secure. So when you get ready to pay me that amount, call me. He never made it. Be careful what you see with your own mind. I even appeal, true story. I say, well, we are not as rich as many of these white churches you're working for. Can you at least work with me? Can we start with something like $15 per hour? And I promise you, you can count on my world. Someday, we'll be big enough to pay what anybody pays you in this town. No, you say, I'm sorry. Business is business. And he walked out. Be careful you don't walk out of your blessing. The rest of them stayed. They, they, um, they, they used their ranking. I said, organize yourself. You don't need me to be policing you. you you're grown up. Select yourself as secretary, a president or something. So they, to cut the story short, they used their ranking. That's how Officer Beaver became the president. I didn't appoint him. He just happened to be the highest ranking officer. That's how he got the job. And then they set themselves up, and we started to pay them. And now we are paying them just like any, any church. But because they were willing, never despise days of small beginnings. Are you listening to me? Go through the process. God is faithful. And if you're faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. If you take care of God's business, and sometimes while you are serving the law, the road may get rough sometimes. Yes, the man sowed good seed, wheat, but now we're dealing with tears. So even your personal life, when things happen, don't panic. Don't think God has forsaken you. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Just because you plant good seed, don't mean bad seed may not creep in. But always know, God is still faithful. And another lesson I, I, I caught from this passage is that even though things may not be going good for you sometimes in life, you have to still be able to produce even in the midst of tears and weeds. The problem with many Christians, you think when trouble comes, whether it's in your career, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the family, whether it's with your health, you say, well, okay, I, I just hold on. And, and, and when God clear all the weeds, then I'll come back and start. But you have to learn to be able to produce in the midst of storm. Yes, there are racism. I wish I can tell you there'll be no more. There'll be a day coming. Dr. King said, I long for a day when my four children, little children, will, will be judged not by the color of their skin, 
but the content of their character. I say, thank God for your faith, brother. But we may not see that in this life. But you don't fold up. You don't give up. You don't say, I quit. Even in the midst of racism, you can still produce. In the midst of storm, you can still win. In the midst of sicknesses and disease, God can still use you. So don't allow the condition, the circumstance. Ladies and gentlemen, many of you will say, well, they won't let me in. I couldn't fit in or whatever. No, that's the problem. You're too busy trying to fit in. You're too busy trying to join the clique. You don't need any clique. You're on the Lord's side. Stop worrying about what he say, what she say, what they say. Ask yourself, what does God say about it? You've got to be willing to be different sometimes. You've got to be willing to be controversial something. You've got to be willing. You see, people will respect you. They may not like you. Are you still here? Many Christians, you're waiting until the problem is completely solved. But in the midst of storm, keep on marching. In the midst of hatred, see, Look at some of what's going on in the school board today. Some of them grieve my heart. I'm saying, I cannot believe this is happening in my own lifetime. But you don't give up. You keep marching. You keep fighting. You never surrender. A winner never quit. Are you listening to me? And quitters, guess what? They don't win. They will never win. So to succeed, you have to be able to deal with the wheat and you have to be able to deal with the tares. Another lesson I learned from this small parable, whenever there is great destiny, the devil will always show up. Where did I get that from? Notice that the devil didn't bother the man. But the moment he saw good seed, all of a sudden, and the devil is cunning. He is not even man enough to come during daytime. But while the man is resting, late in the midnight hour, you know what I'm trying to tell you? The reason why the devil is trying to mess with you is because there's a great destiny in your life. If you find yourself and it looks like everybody is having an easy way and yours is like it's rough, knowing you're knowing there is a special anointing over your life, that God is about to do something great in your life. God is about to bring you out God is about to shine your light and you have to be still and know that God is God. The devil knew he's a spirit being. He knew God is about to use you. 
all of hell knows God is about to bless you. They knew that you're about to shake up the, the kingdom of the devil for the glory of God. So that's why they're trying to mess with you. Sometimes they will bring problems. Sometimes those demons will bring calamity. Sometimes you will have tornado in your life. Sometimes you go through some trauma. Or tra it's just amazing. Don't think God has forsaken you. I wish I could sit down with you and walk you through so many trials, so many tribulations I've been through. But in my spirit, I know when it's all over, you will still be standing. So when you ask me questions like, why am I so scared? Why am I so angry? Why am I so insecure? See, I grew up, we, we used to sing a song in the choir, only the older ones, these young people don't know nothing. So, they, they sing their own song, he's able, oh yes he is. And that's good, that's cool. When I was growing up, we would sing songs, I don't know why, Lord, I have to cry sometimes. I don't know why. That's the kind of song we sing. We, 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 because we go through some serious stuff. And then we hope. We say, there's going to be a day when trouble will get out of my way. See, so you don't hear the song like that in church anymore. If you ask Jesse to sing that, he lost. You see, Terrence lost. You see? <laughs> I think Gail, I, I don't think Gail will make it either. <laughs> so, these are songs we sing out of personal experience. We've been through some storm. We've been through some fire. We see lightning flashing. We heard thunder roll. But we never, never give up. So you have to be able to produce don't allow any excuse. Don't allow the devil to shut you down. Tell somebody I got it. Now you know why you had to go through the abuse. God has something special for you. Now you know why you have to go through rejection. God has something special for you. You know how, why so many people say, why are these people jealous of me? I'm, I, don't even, I don't bother nobody. I try to stay out of trouble. Yet they're jealous of you. Well, because there is an anointing over your life. I got some good news. Somebody shout good news. You know what the good news is? If you study that parable carefully, despite all the tears, Despite all the weeds planted in the field, it never destroyed the weed. The devil cannot hurt you. Can I be brutally honest with you? The devil cannot curse what God is blessing. Are you listening to me? What God has for you, When I first started ministry here, I used to have a little girl. It's one of them, Aaron's girl. I, I don't know her name. And the only song she was saying, what God has for me. 
It is for me. What God has for me, it is for me. I know without a doubt that he will bring me. I was encouraging myself. It's just a little girl. She didn't know what I'm going through. She didn't know my story. But every time she sing that song, how how I'll be pouring out. The spirit will be ministering to me. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. Don't, don't say a word. Don't, don't complain. Can I be brutally honest with you? My salary that time was $500. And I have a terminal degree. But the Lord say, hush. Don't say a word. It's painful. You want to fight. You want to argue your way. You want to make a point. But if you would just learn to shut up. And let God fight your battle. Victory! Are you all still here? Ladies and gentlemen, you see, the devil knows he cannot touch you. Because the hand hand of God is upon your life. The devil knew that God is about to use you. God is about to promote you. So, because he cannot touch you, all he can do is to mess with you enough that you will put your own hand trying to fix it. And then you mess your own self up. Guess what happened when they come to the owner of that land and say, what should we do now? There's wheat there, but it's also tares there. Guess what he said? He said, do absolutely nothing. Let the weeds and the tares grow up together. And I come to serve notice on somebody. Some things you're trying to fix. Some things that you're, you're working so hard. That's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you to get your hand in it so that you can mess your own self up. But I hear the Lord say, leave it alone. If you will learn just to back off and cast all your cares upon him. And knowing your knowing that God's got your back. God cared for you. Believe me when I tell you, he will fight your battle. He will make your enemy leave you alone. He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He will make you feed on green ground. I am a living witness. I hate to say, I'm one of the highest paid people ministry in this town today, in this parish today. But guess what I do? Nothing. I never asked for Paris. 26 years. Never! I leave it alone. And God began to work things out. I don't know who I'm preaching to. What you're trying to fix in your life, you're going to mess it up. What do you know? But there is a God. 
He is saying to you today, this battle is not yours. It's the Lord. If you can learn to hold your peace and let that God fight your battle, victory. God is my witness. Many times I was wounded. Many times I was hurting. I would come to this house of God and I would ask Sally, I said, sing, sing that song for me. I have never explained to anybody what's going on, not even to my spouse. I talk to God. Are you listening to me? Talk to God. God wants to hear from you. Somebody say, I must tell Jesus. But many of you, you read that, you say, I must tell my neighbor. All of my trouble, I must go on Facebook and tell my And then you're still suffering. You're still being messed up. But if you would just learn to trust God. I like this song when they say, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to on his promise. Just to know Thus said the Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. How I trust, I trust him. How I, How I prove you more and more. Have you ever been have you ever been hurt and you have nobody to talk to? Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust you. I'm going to ask all of you to stand. If you are here today, thank you, Minister Terrence. And you say, Pastor, I am that man, I'm that woman. I need God. To fight for me. Oh, I need Lord. divine covering. Divine intervention. Not my social media friends. Not religions of this world. Can you trust God this morning? And if you're that man, if you're that woman, you want divine encounter, find your way to the altar. You're the one that God sent me to. Sing that song, Trust man of God. Somebody else is coming. And how I prove him more and more. And Somebody else is coming. Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, for I trust you. 
Once again, we come with our heads bowed down and our hearts lifted up to thee, thanking you for this day, for this is the day that you have made. And Lord, we rejoice and we are so glad to be in it, for we realize that it's not because of what we've done to deserve to be here, but because of your grace and because of your mercy, you've allowed us to live, to move in you and to have our being. And we say thank you. We are your people. You are our creator. And Lord, we are thankful that we can just approach your throne in confidence. Call on your holy name, realizing that you hear us and you answer our prayer. We're so thankful that you are our Father. We are thankful that you know us by our name. Lord, we're so important to you until every hair on our head has already been counted. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, for Jesus and for the shedding of his blood on the cross for our sins and for the right to have eternal life. And Lord, you didn't stop there, but you wrote our names in the book of life. And you gave us the Holy Spirit. He leads us and he guides us. He walks with us and he talks with us. He tells us when we're right and he tells us when we're wrong. And we're thankful for the opportunity just together in your sanctuary to lift up our holy hands and say, Thank you, Lord, for one more day. Dear Heavenly Father, as we gather around this altar, we realize that we need you and we cannot run this race called life without you. We realize that we fall down, but you help us to get up. 
And although, dear Heavenly Father, we struggle, but yet you are there. For you look at us and you know that we are weak. And you know that we need you. So we say thank you. Thank you for being there. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that there is something that has been said. Something that has been done on today. Where someone will see your light in us. They will come running saying, what must we do to be saved? We'll thank you for the word and for the man that you sent to give us your word. For we have learned on today that you know the way that we take. And although we be tried by the fire, we shall come forth as pure gold. So we stand with confidence, realizing that you are Lord of lords. You are king of king, and we exalt you for who you are. And we bless your holy name, for you know whose we are. We are yours, and we thank you for that. Lord, look down upon our pastor. We pray that you would throw your arms around him, that you will shield him as you shield us from all the troubles of this world. For we know that the devil is on his job, but we already have the victory. So we say thank you for that. Although hellhounds get on our trail, Lord, the victory has already been won. It was won over 2,000 years ago. So we praise you anyhow. And although we struggle, we still say thank you. For we are looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. Dear Lord, as we get ready to go home, we speak a blessing over every house. If there's anyone who is troubling mind on today, if there's anyone who's worried about something the devil has thrown your way, Lord, if there's anyone who's bereaved, anyone who's sick, anyone whose heart is breaking, anyone whose hell has broke out in your house, Lord, we pray that you will give them victory. Let them know that you are always in control. And all you got to do is speak. So on this day, we speak healing to the mind, healing to the soul. We speak peace of mind, peace to the soul. We speak that everyone will be able to go back home. Tell the devil to get the hell out our houses get the hell from our job and anything that would come up against us we rebuke it anything that would come up against our children we rebuke it anything that would come upon our children's children we rebuke it in the name of Jesus we rebuke trouble in the streets we rebuke trouble on the job. We will rebuke trouble in our city, in our nation, in our country, in the world. We speak peace. We walk in peace. We walk with our heads held high. No weapon 
that is formed against us. We believe it on today. It shall not prosper. So we thank you. We praise your holy name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this prayer. Amen. Now, if there's anyone who don't know God, who has not accepted his son Jesus as your Savior, we would ask that you would come down and consider us to be the home that you would make to fellowship with us. We ask our pastor and our wife to come and his wife to come. We want you to come and greet them. Let them know that you're praying for them. But we all need prayer. Speak prosperity, as I heard the sisters say. Speak good health. And we do that for all of you all. But sometimes we just need to hear it by way of encouragement. He needs to hear it by way of encouragement. We all go through trials. And sometimes someone can just come up to us, smile, and say, I'm praying for you. And that's enough to make it another day. I pray that all of you will have a good week, a blessed week. I pray that no devil in hell will come against you and succeed. Because we have learned on today that there is no success in the devil. But all power has been given to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you. And we ask that God's peace will rest over each and every one of you. Will rest over your house. Over everybody in your house. And whatever you stand in the need of on this day, it's already done. So we all say together, all is well. Believe that. Receive that. And have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Rest over you. Rest with you with you as you go in and as you come out in Jesus name Amen